Welcome to Reyes on Astrology, and I'm your host, Raya Marshall, where I use the lens of traditional astrology and translate it for those living in modern times. Hi everyone, it's Raya with Reyes on Astrology. Today I will be talking about the week of May 3rd through May 9th, 2022. Um, it is a relatively light week in fa- as far as new transits being introduced. Um, to the astrological soup <laughs> of the spring. Um, I do want to uh, kind of say some some things before we get started and look ahead at the week is I released a Mercury Retrograde Survival Guide, which is a downloadable PDF. Um, this goes through the four weeks of Mercury Retrograde. It has two months of calendar that you're able to track Mercury Retrograde and Mercury... Um, Mercury shadow period where you can look at the degrees Mercury's at and also list important transits too that Mercury will be making throughout its retrograde phase. And um, this is a suggested $5 donation um, and you can find it on my website, um, reyesonastrology.com and it will be right at the top. Just click the button and then you're able to download and keep it for yourself and kind of uh, have have some guidance when it comes to Mercury retrograde in Gemini. I'm calling it my Mercury retrograde in Gemini survival guide just because I've been feeling this Mercury retrograde already. And um, I feel like a lot of people are going to need some uh, guidance uh, for the next couple of weeks (laughs) because of Mercury. Um, And because we're in eclipse season too. So we have a Mercury retrograde during eclipse season. And it's not even a Mercury retrograde. We have Mercury retrograde in Gemini during eclipse season, which is like just out of this world. Um, Anyways, so Mercury very much is in its shadow phase right now, and which that means um, is Mercury is passing over to degrees of Gemini that it will have to go back over during its retrograde when it appears to be moving backwards, right? uh, Backwards in the sky. So Mercury is crawling right now. It's not moving very fast, you know? Um, So you might already be feeling the retrograde-y energy, tech issues, feeling rushed, feeling confused, um, somewhat foggy, or just like this general annoyance as to your day-to-day is going. I know that when I recorded this podcast, so I'm recording this a couple days in advance, um, I had so many issues with it. My screen wouldn't load. I was unable to connect to the internet. I had to record it like two, three times. It was very Mercury retrograde. So this is just something to be aware of. You know, you don't need to cancel your life because of it. Um, and another thing that um, we need to look at too is the beginning part of Mercury retrograde when the planet is in the sign of Gemini is going to feel extra foggy or extra confusing or even extra challenging because we have a lot of planets in the, in the sign of Pisces right now. We have Jupiter, Neptune, and Mars. Um, so there's still this like sleepy incubation period or phase going on because of this, you know, cluster of planet planets in Pisces. Um, and this is important to think about too, because we have Pisces is the sign that Mercury is not comfortable in. And it's, it's, it's the sign that Mercury has the hardest time understanding how to act in. 
Um, and it's the sign that's furthest away from its home sign and its exaltation sign of Virgo. So Mercury doesn't handle a, a lot of Pisces energy well. So now we have Mercury going slow in the sky, which it wants to move fast. And it's having to like kind of interact and mingle with this Pisces energy in the sky and Mercury's like I don't know what to do because like everything's imaginative and I just kind of want to be rational and like not be so convoluted about um, you know what this means or what that means I kind of want to explore my options and get to the root of things so that's why I'm seeing this retrograde shadow phase being more <laughs> more challenging right now because we have Mercury in Gemini and so much in Pisces right now um, but we still do have, we have to factor in for this week too. We still do have that lingering energy of Jupiter and Pluto sextile. So this is things like expanding the psyche and exploring things that are hidden or exploring like the underbelly belly of society. Um, it's also like these opportunities for transformation or what I said last week was like divine intervention almost where you're given support to kind of um, change the way things are going. Um, it's also great potential for power and success as well too. Um, but with this aspect, with this Jupiter-Pluto energy, we have to look at both of the planets and in, in their movements um, in the sky. So we have two, two planets that aren't fast or moving. So this energy is not something that's going to suddenly appear. It's, it's going to um, slowly develop over time. And right now we have Pluto not moving in the sky at all. So he already stationed retrograde, but he's really not moved a degree at all. He's just kind of stuck there and not, not moving. So this transit, the results might not be felt right away. It's like a delayed reaction almost or something that's like you're taking like big grand steps towards like something even bigger, but those big grand steps are slow and steady type of thing. Um, the best archetypal way to describe this Jupiter-Pluto energy is like a spiritual leader. It can have that culty feeling where someone is seen as all-powerful and controls those under him or is some sort of messiah or um, truth bringer or, you know, some sort of divine reincarnation of God almost where people worship him and they're willing to, you know, um, follow in his footsteps or trust him and, 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 uh, you know, live life through this person that is some sort of, you know, Messiah or God. Um, I don't see the transit playing out in that negative culty way where it's like mind controlling people. I just, that's that archetypal energy of where it, it's like, it's big and it's powerful and it's kind of beyond this world and hard to explain, but at the same time, it's rooted in some sort of unconscious um, unconscious belief that we all have to want to have power and success or know all the truths and see the hidden meaning behind life. So we're willing to trust in someone that, you know, says that they know those things. 
So getting into it, May 3rd through May 5th, we have this bunching of transits between three astrological bodies. We have the Sun conjunct Uranus and Taurus. And these two planets are going to be sextile Mars and Pisces as well too. So like these three planets are like communicating with each other in a way that's um, blending and merging all the energies um, to like create this, uh, this grouping of transit for the next, you know, two, three days. <clears throat> so this transit I'm seeing as these planets are connecting it's bringing some sort of energy back into the sky because right now we have a lot of planets in what I can consider sleepier slow signs. We have three planets in Pisces, which is a double-bodied or um, water sign, feminine water sign, and we have we have you know planets in Taurus, which are a um, fixed Earth feminine sign as well too. So like the two. Um, these two signs are, are relatively slow or receptive. They're not necessarily um, engaging or active as I, as I, as I think of them. Um, so even though that these planets themselves, <clears throat> the sun, Uranus, and Mars are in those slower signs, the planets themselves are kind of bringing some sort of energy or focus into the sky where it's, creating um it's creating like a little bit of an electrical charge almost is what i'm seeing in my mind when i think of this <clears throat> so when the sun and uranus can join it can be felt as a renewed sense of vitality possibly breaking the mold um or this need to liberate the soul and this urge for sovereignty it's it's um forging your own pathway um it's it's, it's having a sense of purpose. It's, it's being uniquely you in a way that might go against the norm or the mainstream. Um, and, you know, since these two signs are in fixed, the fixed Taurus is, it could have this sense of stubbornness to it as well, too, where you're forging your own path and you're, you might kind of have to bowl down anyone in your way. So this is something that we need to be aware of as well. Um, and then we have Mars getting into, and Mars is that action, even though it's in the Pisces. So it's like that spiritual warrior, um, where you're, you have even more drive and determination to kind of forge your own way or, or, um, or play into your, your, a sense of purpose or play into your sense of purpose through some sort of spiritual belief system. And, you know, adding in Mars again, too, um, it could be felt for, felt as this call for action, action, or this rest, this, this restless feeling for change. And you kind of need to um, bring that change upon yourself and, and be that change. Um, in general terms and speaking, when Mars and Uranus meet up, it's that reckless over, or impulsive energy. Um, it could also see, be seen as that thrill seeker as well too, the archetypical thrill seeker. It's like someone that's addicted to skydiving or um, bungee jumping, something like that, like that. And adding the sun in, it's just bringing it, it's bringing more energy to it and it's making it feel like it has more sense of purpose. 
Um, and with these three planets combined, once again, it's an increase in physical stamina. So we're bringing a little bit of more energy into it. Um, especially with that Taurus energy, it's like, when you think of the fixed signs, you think of steady, you think of like, um, I think of Sanima when it comes to those fixed signs, it's they're staying their ground, they're, 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 they're um, in it for the long haul type of thing. So it's these planets all combined together is really increasing that, that, that energetic stamina as well. Um, so another way this could really play out is a revolutionary sense of purpose and drive where you're, you're, you're hearing that call for action and you're, you're wanting to get in on it and you're really finding that spiritual determination to kind of be the change or create the change or do something that is going to bring you a fuller sense of um, fulfillment or bring bring you steps closer to your sort of ambitions in life when it comes to your legacy or what you want to achieve or how you want to um, shine in the world. Um, I keep droning on the, about this, but like this transit to me is really saying like, the spiritual warrior that liberates oneself from material entanglements. That's the way I'm seeing it because with Uranus and Taurus, it's like the way I've been really picking up on this energy is like being very inventive with what you, the resources you have around you and being inventive with not having to rely on other people to survive type of thing where it's, you're really like, you're being that outsider and you're being some sort of rebel when it comes to like, I don't, you know, I don't need to rely on the grocery store for my food or I don't need to rely on other people to, um, you know, make my shampoo or my conditioner because I can do that myself. So it's like the way I'm seeing all this play out is like really, really, really that spiritual warrior that liberates one's self from material entanglements where you're realizing what you need to survive and you're realizing that you have charge of your life and bringing that sense of confidence with being a soul for human and knowing that you have control over how you live your life and how you really, how it really plays out in the paths that you take. And if we're bogged down by all these material things or all these thoughts that oh we need this and this and this to survive rather than it's like well no I can create those things my own or I don't need those to survive it's really it's really freeing of the soul and really embracing that sovereign lifestyle so Mars and Uranus together alone <clears throat> are like those highly active chemicals that you have to keep separated from each other and if you don't they will cause like a chain reaction it's like not necessarily put th putting them together, but even if they get too close together, it's like causing this, like, you know, this nuclear reaction. It's, it's that splitting of the atom that causes this giant explosion. Um, but when they're sextile, which is an aspect of the nature of Venus, they're able to react to each other in a, in a, in a harmonious way. So it's like that chain reaction is, is somewhat supportive and somewhat beneficial to people. Um, so 
you know, this grouping of planets, um, it just has this feeling of a, re a revolutionary where you're, where action is needed for change. So you kind of take it in your own hands to be the change or you um, go against the mainstream or you go against the norm to kind of forge some sort of new pathway. Um, and something that you, for something that you feel passionate about or something that you believe in or, or something that you're, you're, you're willing to fight for. Um, and it's like pushing the board, you know, pushing your boundaries and pushing your borders and, and um, pu pushing out of the comfort zone as well, too. It's like the way I see it, it's, you know, Taurus like stability. They like comfort. They like familiarity. familiarity. And with the sun and Uranus meeting in Taurus, and then we have Mars and Pisces, um, it's just pushing our, our limits. Mars typically likes to ride that razor's edge. And with Uranus involved, it just pushes that limit even more to find that breaking point and the moment right before you cut yourself on the edge. And, the, and then we add the sun in and it just brings more attention to that feeling and more sense of purpose and more sense of like um, wanting to liberate the soul and find freedom. Um, so, you know, the sun moves away from Uranus. So it's, it's not an exact conjunction, but it is for two days. And then we still have the sun sextile Mars still lasting until about May 7th. So there's still that sense of drive and determination and somewhat increased physical stamina or like increased energy. Um, and it's going to linger. And we have to remember too, that it's um, the sun is in Taurus. So it's like that slow and steady and we have Mars and Pisces, which is, you know, slow and um, fluid. So there is like this sense of um, increased energy, but at the same time, it's, it's not very fast as it would be if it was in an, a fire sign. So there, there's this like fluid motion to it where like swimming, it's like, you can't, you can only really go so fast swimming. You can't, you know, you can't go as fast as you would be running type of thing. So we're still, we're moving forward, but we're still a little bit slower than typical, um, you know, Marsy energy. And we are at the last aspect of this week. On May 5th, we have Mercury and Gemini, sextile Venus and, and Aries. Um, typically, you know, Mercury, sextile Venus can be felt like harmonious communication, a diplomatic way with words, um, luxury pur purchases or the indulgence of the mind or the indulgence of some sort of exchange. Um, but looking at the placements of Mercury, looking at the, the speed of Mercury and looking at the placement of Venus, um, we have Mercury in its retrograde shadow and it's really not moving in the sky. Mercury prefers to move fast. So when the planet is moving slow, its significations can get a little bit more messed up. And we have Venus in the house of Mars, which is not the most comfortable placement. Um, so there's like this want to be harmonious with your communication or diplomatic with words or indulge in the mind or indulge in some sort of exchange. But there's some sort of conflict there because the planets themselves are not in comfortable positions. 
there is this level of support given to Venus because we have Mars offering Mars, which is the, um, which is the temple that Venus is in right now, um, is offering some sort of support because he, Mars, is in the exaltation sign of Venus, which is Pisces. So all in all, I'm seeing this Mercury sextile Venus with these placements and with the speeds of the planet. It's very social and engaging, like a quick and friendly engage, engaging disposition. Um, it's almost like that person that just comes up to you as a, at a party and engages and in conversation, um, even though they don't know you. And it's almost like they're kind of cornering you and you're like, okay, the conversation's ended and it's time to get going and wrapping it up. But they're still like actively engaging and it's somewhat discomfortable. And it's like, you want to be moving fast, but you're moving slow because you're stuck in one position. And this person is kind of forcing you to be in conversation with them. Um, it's outgoing, but in a way that's not very passive, where it's like, you know, someone's kind of in your face almost. Um, there, you know, someone could be a little bit too assertive. Um, you could find that it's like this feeling of discomfort with how friendly or quote unquote nosy people are at this time period where it's like, um, you kind of want to just be on your way and doing things, but people are trying to make conversation and be friendly, but it's just uncomfortable and you're, you're not sure how to react to it. Um, or it could be possibly people are, are too quick to react, like overly sensitive or somewhat competitive with their value system where it's like, you know, you're trying to be friendly and engaging and you say the wrong thing not thinking about it and then it's it's causing some sort of discomfort with someone because they are offended by it type of thing um so like the it's this weird energy of this this transit is supportive but somewhat uncomfortable at the same time so it's like it's great to be social and meet new people but at the same time we need to know when to stop or we need to know when to not be so assertive with others um and and be able to read people's body language to pick up on social cues. It might be one of those things where you completely miss social cues and you're not fully aware of them because you're so focused on something or so determined to get your point across where you're not fully, uh, you're not fully taking advantage of all of our senses that we have when it comes to communicating. So communication isn't just talking, it's also listening. It's also looking because we we're able to look at the person and kind of see their reaction to what they're saying. And you can also just feel like a general presence in the air as well too when you're communicating with someone. It's like when you say something uncomfortable, like there's that tension in the air. So this transit itself is like not being able to fully pick up on social cues almost, but in a way that's not super disturbing or super like um, challenging, but it's just being aware that you might just miss out on those social cues um, for this, you know, the, towards the end of this week. So that's what I have for this week. It's a really light week. We really only have, a, you know, uh, like two, two, three transits that are, are really happening right now. We have Mercury is just slowing down and just not progressing. And, you know, it's, I think this week it moves about two degrees in the sky. So it's really getting ready to station retrograde. Um, so you, like I was saying, you might be feeling that retrograde um, more so now. 
I know that a lot of people feel shadow, the Mercury retrograde shadow period more so more than like a Mercury retrograde. So just be aware of it. Like I said, I do have my Mercury retrograde survival guide, which I will release. It's already released. It's a suggested $5 donation and it's um, a PDF download, yours to keep, yours to take notes on. Um, it includes four weeks of material and two calendars to kind of look at the overview of this Mercury retrograde. So that's what I have for this week. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful week and I will see you next week when um, we will go into more of what's happening. Thanks, bye guys.